to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Featuring Amanda Keen and Kirsten Kotsian. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. But yes, we're here. How are you, Kiri? I'm doing great. I'm really happy because I found that that new app on the internet, the Procreate app. What? Uh, so I can like draw on my. Oh, iPad. girl! I thought you said Procreate, <laughs> and I'm like, Procreate, like I'm so happy, babies. Like, what the heck is this no, app measuring? No. Uh, no. I mean, you could say each of these pieces of artwork are my children, but so Pro. Oh. Create, like we're we're creating. Yeah, but it's literally way. called procreate. I'll show you. I mean, it's just you know you might want to just like preface it when you're you're saying yeah, things. I yeah, I can't really see. It just looks like orange blobs. Um, sounds good. Okay. Oh. Anyways, so I've been enjoying that. It's been really fun. Awesome. Oh yeah, you posted something on social media about something you drew, didn't you? On Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Go check out Kiri's Instagram, people, if you want to see her procreation. So you have to request. You have to request, ah, you have to, request to see it, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're not okay. um, anyway. Okay. But we have some special guests with us today. We do. On the internet. On the internets. We have Brenna and Vinyl Lee here. Yay! Insert applause. <laughs> we always ask Zane to do those things, and he never does. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought you I'd cheer for myself. It's okay. No, that was good. I appreciate it. Yeah, maybe we, we could clip that out and then, like, multiply it and just have it play, like... It was a little weak. Multiple. It was a little weak. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> but we are super excited to have Brenna and Vinyl. Um, they're great people. And I'm sure a lot of you guys who are listening um, at least know of them. If not, know them decently well. Um, or maybe your BFFs. I don't know. Uh, but they're really great people. And um have a lot of passion about different things uh, in life and ministry. And one of those things um, is... Is coffee. Coffee. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about today. Guys, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> All about coffee. <laughs> that would be crazy. People might enjoy it. Yeah, he could have what like a six-hour conversation about coffee. So Okay. Like a whole, a whole series wanna, maybe. Yeah. Okay. What does the Bible say about coffee? <laughs> what do- I don't know if the Bible says much about coffee, but the Bible <laughs> uh, says a lot about evangelism. Uh, and there's a lot of Ooh. points that we can draw from coffee that connect towards evangelism. Look at that. That was real smooth. Okay, that's our next that's our next series, everybody. <laughs> coffee 101 <laughs> that will extend for 10 episodes. Our whole podcast is actually going to become about coffee. That's where we're going. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah. we're not talking about coffee. Surprise. Good. What'd you say, Kiri? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about creation care, um, and the environment. And it's something that Kiri, um, had the idea to talk about. And, you know, we thought Brenna and Vina would be perfect for this. So 
um, I'm going to hand it over to Kiri and we're going to just dive right in to our conversation. Oh, thank you, Amanda. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, well, so let's, uh, Final and Brenna, do you want to introduce yourselves a little bit and like, uh, you're like, who, who you are for people who don't know who you are? I feel like we said like a two words or something so far about you guys, but right yeah. now I'm sure. Like, Tell us who you are. I'm Brenna Lee. I currently live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I am the Corps officer as well as my husband, Vinyl, who's about to talk. I'm at the Salvation Army Indianapolis Fountain Square Corps and Community Center. Um, I love animals and sports and all things nature, like hiking and running and traveling. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and I'm Vinyl Lee. I also uh, happen to live in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, where mm-hmm. we both function as core officers or senior pastors uh, for the Salvation Army uh, in Indianapolis Fountain Square, which is like one of the coolest neighborhoods uh, that I've ever been in. Uh, certainly, certainly the coolest in Indiana. Uh, without argument. Uh, mm. uh, Gary's pretty good, guys. I don't know. Gary, <laughs> it's a great place. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your guys' community is super cool. I've been there. It's awesome. I mean, Gary has done some really cool things to ch- try to get there. Uh it definitely has a different <laughs> style of street art than yes. what Indianapolis does, um, That's for sure. which I think is which is cool. I like Gary's like street art a lot. But. Yeah, they've got some cool stuff. Yeah, we have more buildings that are put together. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Blight is a big deal over here. Yeah. Um, well, we can talk about that on another podcast. That's a different episode. kind of environment, <laughs> right? Discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it, guys. Never move me. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, um, thank you for introducing yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like put together these questions, but I like I just kept thinking about them, and then I wouldn't write stuff down. So what I, what I came up with today is like pretty much what I came up with today, even though I've been thinking about it for however long yeah. that we've been talking about doing this. Um, but I kind of wanted to start with like what does the bible say about environment slash creation care um at least to get like your guys's viewpoint on like what bible stuff you think about when you think about creation care Mm -hmm. yeah i so i think like right off the top uh there's there's kind of there's two different camps one that's going to say that the bible doesn't have anything to say about creation care and that it's kind of this new phenomenon um, that experientially we're reading into scripture uh, based off of sort of this enlightened social consciousness, blah, blah, blah. And then the other one that says uh, that there is a ton uh, that the Bible has to say about creation care and the way that God views his creation, and the way that he invites us to partner with him uh, and how he cares for creation uh, 
we tend to sit in that second camp of saying uh, there is a lot that the Bible has to say about creation care, starting from Genesis 1, going all the way to Revelation. Um, I think at the heart of like what creation care is within Scripture really rests in God's heart uh, for justice uh, and justice for those who uh, may not have an advocate or may be on the fringes of society. And we see that sort of played out in the Levitical law, in Leviticus 26, yeah, 26, where God is prescribing to Israel what's going to happen to them if they don't do certain things. And at the end of that, he says, if you fail to do these certain things, um, then these punishments will happen so that the land will finally get its rest that it deserves. Like that God is making provisions even in scripture to protect the land from the sin of Israel. So I think that's fairly significant as well as our only good image of heaven that we haven't like westernized or modernized like biblical view of heaven comes from Genesis 1 and 2 and again in Revelations where we're dwelling in perfect communion with God in the garden in his creation mm. and so God chooses to to find communion with us intimacy with us in his creation uh, which I think uh, provides for us a lot to say about how God views creation and, and us. And there's a, there's like a ton more scripture that we can pull into that uh, and probably will. Yeah. I just look at it as all creation is designed to worship. Mm. Um, we see that through Psalms. I know that the psalmist wrote with poetic language, but we see um, that the seas um, will roar and that they will cry out to the Lord. Um, and I just, that's the perspective that I have is that all creation is designed to worship. And how are we um, inviting or um, distinguishing opportunities for the earth, to, for creation to worship? Yeah. That's a, I like that a lot. And I think maybe even perhaps gives insight into um, when Jesus says that you know, if we fail to worship, even the rocks will cry out, which oftentimes is presented as this idea like if we don't, then they will. And I don't necessarily know that it is that. I think it might perhaps be more appropriately understood that all of creation sings God's praise and we get to when we worship. Uh, partner with all creation singing God's praise. It's not that the rocks will cry out in our place. It's that God doesn't need our worship because mm. all creation is already worshiping. So we either can join in what's happening as the rocks cry out, or uh, we can choose not to worship him uh, and miss out on joining in the symphony of praise that creation is doing. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that perspective. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's it. Okay, and that that's been the Barracks Podcast. Um, yeah. have a great night, everybody. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs>
this is like our uh, I was trying to look at Kiri and like is she gonna say something do I jump in now you know how we are with transitions people (laughs) um so at at crack this last week we started a new series for our Wednesday night bible study about emotionally healthy spirituality Mm. and one of the exercises that we do is sitting in silence (laughs) okay well, so. we're not about to do that for 45 minutes on a podcast. I mean, <laughs> I do realize that it's a little different <laughs> when it's like radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're just sitting there quietly. But I was like kind of thinking about that stuff that they were saying. No. Yeah, it was really good. <sighs> I mean, doesn't the liturgist do that? Don't they provide opportunities for meditation within their podcasts? Probably. Maybe that's all that I was. I haven't listened to them. Oh. I thought you have listened to them. <laughs> I listened to uh, uh, there's like she's a big the fan deconstructionist. of deconstructionist. Oh, the deconstructionist. Okay. Oh, that's a bit of a different, <laughs> bit of a different word. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> they are different. It's a little uh, deconstructiony <laughs> rather than liturgical. <laughs> Do you follow it up by also listening to the Reconstruct podcast? Is there a such a thing? <laughs> yeah, from Dan Coke. It's amazing. <laughs> There's guys, we have so many podcasts. Hold on. Do. Wait, what was it? Reconstruction? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then there's under construction. Um, you can just keep going. I think that's a men's ministries podcast. <laughs> okay. And that's a good segment. <laughs> into okay so question number two it's not a good segue but we're going anyway um so the next uh gary's looking at me sorry because are you gonna read it verbatim or are you gonna augment it you're gonna do it. go ahead earlier just because because so i had a version of the question mm-hmm. but based on talking to vinyl and burn up briefly I was going to change it a little Go bit, but, but it's still kind of the same question, but it's different. I don't know. And maybe I'll just say them both. But the next question is asking about like, does this, does the Salvation Army have like a position about creation care and like, what is that? Um, and then is there like a history of that? But I don't, I think we might focus more on like the current. Yeah. Yeah. So the Salvation Army internationally has a whole bunch of different position statements uh, on a number of different things. And so we were, I would encourage anyone uh, to just, you could just Google the Salvation Army international position statements. <clears throat> and I was really encouraged to see that they do um, have a position statement specifically titled Caring for the Environment. And the position statement, I'll just read it. Uh, straight from the document that they provided uh, because that's what everybody wants is for me to read so I'll do that. It says, the Salvation Army believes that people are made in the image of God and have been entrusted with the care of the earth and everything in it. The Salvation Army recognizes environmental degradation as one of the most pressing issues facing the world today with its effects felt disproportionately by the most vulnerable communities, particularly in terms of health, livelihood, shelter, and an opportunity to make choices. 
The Salvation Army is concerned about the effects of environmental damage on present and future generations. Sustainable environmental practices are required to make today's global needs and aspirations without compromising the lives of future generations. So that's a statement of position. And then the, they go on for six pages to provide some background and context and biblical grounds for the position statement, as well as what are some, you know, here are some six practical responses that anybody could engage in on an individual or even on a corporate level. So from an international standpoint, the Salvation Army has done a really good job, I think, of providing for us a scaffolding in which we can build sort of a local understanding and a local position and even uh, a local theology that aligns with this international position statement. Yeah. <laughs> Internationally, that's been the case. Now, I don't know that we could say nationally that we've done a really great job of upholding the international position statement. Uh, I think that that's uh, changing quite a bit towards better alignment with the international position statement as, um, as younger leaders take on higher leader, leadership positions. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're really, we're dealing with sort of a generational difference in terms of how we view the environment and our role in it. And a lot of this goes back to the first question of our theology within the church, particularly our, our um, eschatology has shaped the way that we view uh, the earth and how we care for it. And because the, uh, what I think is a pervasive theology and people will disagree with me because most people really like it, um, is this, um, dispensationalism, this idea that we're going to be raptured from this earth, uh, and that we're not residents of here. We're just passing through. And, uh, at the end of the day, this all, gets destroyed and we just turn our backs to it once we die and it's like that's the eschatology that many have bought into specifically within the salvation army um that's a gross understatement of that theology I understand that people are going to send me an email and that's fine i'll just delete it but um <laughs> because talk. yeah because of that because we viewed this earth as something that we're simply just passing through and not necessarily our permanent residency, not in, not in terms of like a preterism, but this idea that God's desire for his creation in Revelation 21 is that it would be restored to how he intended it to be, that all the entire meta narrative of scripture is Christ redeeming all things back to Genesis one, which does not see us leaving here, but staying here. And so we have a very practical and responsible role to play for how we care for heaven now. Mm. Uh, and generationally, that's just not where we've landed on the theological spectrum, but I see that changing. And so this international position statement gives us, I think, some really good legs to stand on as we kind of reshape the way that we view this place that we're not simply passing through, 
but will be our permanent perfected home. It'll look different. I mean, it will look no disease, no famine, <clears throat> no hardship, no sorrow. Um, but we're going to be here yeah. forever. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Montana, and I don't know that I'll get a chance to do that uh, prior to death. So I'm looking forward to that. For sure. uh, <laughs> so you have maybe I'll join you. Bucket. Yeah. Post bucket list. The post, post bucket list. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My heaven list. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, that's the best thing I've heard probably all month. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm. I pulled up the the position statement like while you were talking. Yeah. And I like. I think it's interesting. Like I know. Like I understand the eschatology argument like I like I think I have the same basic viewpoint that you do on this um but the I th- the um position statement leaves a lot of room like yeah for just like all all different eschatologies to agree on these other things like um the world was made to praise God and reveal his glory um like yeah I think it could be hard for people who have more of that, like we're just passing through yeah. viewpoint to get on board with like, we're going to be here forever. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause those, those beliefs, they come from a really deep place. Right. Right. Like, I mean, they're, um, yeah. yeah, they're based in scripture primarily. I mean, yeah. they're really earnest in what they believe. They're not in a, inappropriate or impartial. I just don't know that they're, always and the best view that or the best way that we can read some of those texts that they interpret but yeah i mean they're they come from a really honest and earnest spot to to know and understand but yeah uh, yeah yeah and i think so like the thing that i like about the position statement is if we um if we think about the salvation army um our like our main focus, yes, is to like the gospel and sharing the gospel, but like our, our primary audience, right. That we're usually looking towards is like people who are the, uh, the dispossessed, et cetera. Um, and like looking at the way that environmental degradation, what is it? Dispropor- disproportionately is felt by the most vulnerable communities Mm -hmm. um and i think that kind of gets into like um another one of my questions but let's we'll we'll come so we'll circle back to that in a second but i wanted to kind of talk about like what are some ways that you guys practice creation care and that can be like your personal life or it can be ways that you see that working like at your core or just dif- there, like there can be different levels that that happens at. Do you guys want to share about some of that for sure. yourselves? No. <laughs> okay. Let me start out by saying it is so much easier to practice creation care at home. Um, it's so much easier yep. to implement yeah. those practical steps when it's just the two of us and our dog. Um, but there are practical ways that we can practice creation care within the core. So one way we're doing that right now is we are working on getting rid of all of our disposable products. Um, So we 
um, wrote out on Facebook just um, how many coffee cups alone that we use throughout the year, approximately. Um, and these are like the styrofoam cups. Yeah. Um, and we encourage people to bring like two or three coffee mugs that they no longer use or no longer want um, to church on Sundays. And then we're just like collecting. We're trying to collect 100 coffee mugs because then we know we're set for um, Sunday worship and for senior bingo and just our staff throughout the week. There's not 100 of us. There's only like four of us. But um, <laughs> just, that's an easy step that we've started migrating towards creation care um at our current appointment because we're using uh, we'd use four thousand styrofoam cups annually uh so it just it makes sense for us to not use those anymore and it like, makes sense for the environment and it also makes sense financially as well so we're looking Right. Um, to do that, take those steps for silverware and for plates and napkins and all sorts, all those things. Um, something that I would like to get better at is using both sides of the paper. I mean, if it's a document that like that I can easily use both sides of the paper, I obviously like I print it that way. But if it's like I'm just Thing of coloring the page for junior church on one side, like can I take that coloring page and reprint something on the other side? Hmm. Um, my mom is really good at doing that, and I I wish I was better at that. Yeah. Some ways that we practice creation care at home um, is just try to be more aware of what products we use, um, reading labels, which. That gets me started with the whole different topic of greenwashing and making sure that you like know what the company actually stands for um, and practices. Um, we're also vegan, sometimes vegetarian, and those are um, the main reason for that is to be more environmental friendly. Yeah. Also, I just don't like meat, but. Um, <laughs> It's also for creation care. Yeah, because there's a lot of, I mean, we're stripping rainforests, we're polluting environments, there's study after study that farming is a major contributor to greenhouse gases. Like they're just, it's not an incredibly environmentally mental conscious practice to consume meat as well as people around the world just simply do not have access to it like we do um and so yeah we've chosen to not participate uh in those sort of as an act of protest but also um again we see the position statement of environmental degradation disproportionately affects vulnerable populations and so i think we can we can make some conscious efforts there to to not be contributors uh, to that. And just little things like when you're done in a room, shutting the light off, or um, maybe not taking a shower every day. Um, I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> I will. If I will Donald never had a shower ever again, he would be all about that. <laughs> well, as far as all of us who would have to be around vinyl. Um, <laughs> But if none of us are showering, 
none of us would notice. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. Or we'd all notice. No. Of the no. stench. No. No, I guarantee, Amanda, you wouldn't know. Well, I'm not going to find out, guys. <laughs> um. But, and you'd like know each other really well. Because we, you would, you would actually know each other, what each other smell like. Well, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I, there are, there I are. encourage showers. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> Watch your water use. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are some, there are a lot of things that we do. Um, we try, I mean, I think for us, it's being really conscious of our, of our purchases mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whether or not like at the office, can we print this off or put it on a tablet or use our phone or just keep it on a computer, uh, doing really what we can to, to be as, uh, environmentally conscious as possible. A lot of it isn't about necessarily like recycling, but it's reducing and reusing think makes a a huge impact the more that we can reuse things I think the better off we are which has been cool for us so at our core we've got a maker space which is like a craft room on steroids and 3d printers and it's all about this idea of reusing to create something new and so that's been cool for us that instead of you know perhaps throwing cardboard boxes away we can put them in the maker space to try to reuse and make them into some sort of new creation. So that's been, that's, that's been helpful, but at home it's way easier for us to, to focus on uh, the way our, our dollar makes an environmental impact. Right. I think this idea of earth care seems so big that sometimes you don't know where to start. And I think it's important to realize that the little decisions that you make can have such a big impact. Mm. Um, because it's so easy to get discouraged or disappointed in the, the decisions that you've made for the day. Um, but just addressing each new day as, as a fresh start um, and just taking those practical steps, um, it really does make a big deal. And if we were all doing it, it would make even a bigger impact. Right. So that kind of maybe like goes, that might be an easy segue into my next question, which would be like, what do you think the future of the Salvation Army and creation care might look like? And I think we've kind of, you've kind of talked about it already, like of addressing, like we already have this statement, this position statement, um, and then different ones of us like listening or chatting are trying to implement different ways of like being more conscious of what we're doing but like what might that look like you know for the the Salvation Army and maybe just like looking at our um what areas of influence any thoughts guys yeah I I I think that there is um there are some things of the Salvation Army that I think that we could get better at. Um, I think one of those is the simple, like moving towards uh, less disposable products on a local level. It's always going to be so much easier uh, for us to inspire uh, and influence change on a local level uh, and hope that that ripples up. 
rather than perhaps screaming at tech and saying let's let's do some top-down policy i just don't think that that's going to work um it's also deciding like what what's more important for us like purchasing power wise is it better for us to continue to buy you know giant reams of paper from staples to print off documents that mainly stay internal or is it more cost effective for us to buy iPads for our staff so that we can work on things uh, in the digital world rather than uh, on paper products. It's also if we have to buy paper product, paper office supplies, things of that nature, could we do, could we purchase things that are green certified, um, you know, that have a higher level of, um, of pulp to them so that they're, they're recycled paper. Uh, really it's making i think it's making some intentional decisions about how we as we reconstruct programs uh, or buildings uh, i'm not a divisional commander and we all praise god for that uh, amen hallelujah most divisional commanders i'm going to speak for all whatever uh, i think would communicate to you that most cores are in need why the Salvation Army has put such a huge emphasis on training Salvation Army officers uh, on doing capital campaigns. And I think one of the things that we could do as we do capital campaigns and then capital projects is figure out how can we use these capital funds to make our building more green. So um, you know, how as we replace the roof, could we could we put solar panels up to offset some of that that cost? Could we um, begin to replace all of the lights in the building from your T12 or T8 halogen bulbs to, to LEDs so that they're more cost effective and energy efficient. Can we leverage some of the existing Salvation Army dollars um, to better run our buildings? And I'm not necessarily convinced that I can sell every core officer on the idea that creation care matters and that we should. Uh, redo our entire budget based off of a concern for um, a new creation. But uh, I think that we could easily sell officers on the need to save money. Uh, and sometimes uh, creation care uh, provides for us an opportunity to save money. Now, there's some expense up front. It can be expensive. But I think when we begin to reuse or reduce that that has a power to, to save us money I mean just 4,000 styrofoam cups alone is a ton of money that we're gonna save and we're relatively small when it comes to coffee drinking uh, I imagine that if we did the math for the number of styrofoam cups that we used in our previous appointment uh, it would be uh, astronomical uh, mm -hmm. A hundred cups, cups a day, maybe more. Yeah, wow. five, six days a week. Yeah, there's a lot of coffee and coffee cups that we could have saved, <laughs> uh, but we just didn't because we we didn't think about it. <clears throat> That's me. That's those are my thoughts. Yeah, um, I know. think it's important, and I think Ronald was alluding to this earlier that the Salvation Army is already making steps in this direction. 
Um, I think of the thrift stores who take fast fashion and they make it secondhand and they provide opportunities for people um, to come and to purchase um, clothing and items in a more su- sustainable way. Um, and then also just internationally, like utilizing um, the resources that villages and towns have um, to create something more um, beautiful and productive. Um, like I think of others who not only is a fair trade company, but they're using the materials that are within their possession and uh, making it a more sustainable product. Yeah. Yeah, the Army has made a ton of really good strides, even within the few years that I've been in this Salvation Army world um, that have been really impressive. And I think people are more open to the conversation. I guess I haven't been alive too long to know if this has been a conversation for long. I guess I do, because I know like the history of the Salvation Army a little bit. <laughs> Um, but I'm feeling like people are more open to the conversation. Um, we just had the commissioners here for a visit and we went, um, to a restaurant with them for lunch and they ordered plant-based food. Um, and they were open to that conversation. Mm. Um, I was invited to come to regeneration a few years ago to have an earth care class. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm encouraged by how often and frequent these conversations are happening. And I wonder if they're happening more frequently now because of larger, more expensive, like climate related disasters. And so people are seeing that things are changing and that we've got to, we've got to do something to offset even just the economic impact of this, but I think even bigger than that is the social impact that these that climate change is having. Uh, so because we can see it in real time and we can see the devastation, uh, I think it's inspiring many people to get okay. Like I've got to I've got to do something here. I I can no longer say that this is someone else's problem, but this is a reality that is affecting me and the people that I love. Mm. So I thought of a question that I didn't um, think of earlier, but I, and this might be like what putting the cart. No, whatever. I it's backwards, but cause I think this would have been a better question at the beginning of our conversation, but I only thought of it while we were talking, That's okay. but like for each of you, like what got you guys passionate about this topic? Like, what was your history, like your personal journey that like led you to where you are now of like caring about this? Uh. <laughs> I, um, I've really gotten passionate about creation care over the last couple of years. Um, and one of the reasons was is that I had to read a book uh, called Salvation Means Creation Healed. Uh, which I think was a book recommended by your mom. Yeah, Yeah. read it through the the Urban... Yes, 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 yes. Urban Mission Center, yeah. I've always had sort of this like soft understanding of 
God's like God's drumbeat for justice and how that plays into the world. And been vegan vegetarian for eleven years because of like the environmental impact of that, but never was really able to connect that very well to a theological foundation. Uh, we were able to kind of, I was able to pick and choose, uh, but being able to read that and seeing sort of maybe an enlightened view of, or a height, not enlightened, but a heightened view of, of scripture, even like scripture passages like John three sixteen, where it mm. says for God so loved the world mm-hmm. uh, that he gave his only son. And it's, Like it wasn't just for humans, but it was for the entire world and everything that that encompasses that Jesus came and died. So that's the rocks and the rivers and the grass and the Brenna and the vinyl and the Amandas and the Jacks. Like it's, it's, it's the war. Oh, and the Curies, I guess, as well. It's the, like... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it might not have been for me. <laughs> <laughs> Jury's still out. It's the, it's, it's entirely a world. And so then we see Israel goes into the Babylonian captivity because they failed to Sabbath the land or Exodus 23, where God commands the people to allow the Sabbath rest so that, like, to allow, allow the land to Sabbath or Leviticus 26 to allow the land the sabbath and it's this god is making provisions all throughout scripture for creation to have the care that it needs Mm. and so then i marry that with my overwhelming desire to want to follow god obey god and like have a heart for the things that he has a heart for uh, as reflected in jesus and so if he really cares about these things, then I've really got to care about these things. Mm-hmm. And that has, I think for me, revolutionized the way that I read scripture. It's revolutionized the way that we interact with the world around us. And so that, like that book was really what brought it all together for me. And then there's been several texts after that and interactions after that. But really for me, what started it all, what brought it all together was that. So go ahead and you can answer that. This is such a difficult <laughs> question for me to answer. Um, it's just one of those things that I don't know where the beginning is. Um, I know. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> um, I brag on my family often, but I, earth care, whether they define it as that or not, has always been a part of my life. Um, I think back when I was like five, when, um, my parents were teaching me to, to love God and to love others and to love yourself. So that others included not just other people, but the animals, the plants, um, the entire creation, the bugs, um, I have a nerdy family. (laughs) Um, that's just been, it's been a part of who I who I am and who I've become. I've been a vegetarian vegan for 21 years. That sounds crazy. Wow. We don't even feel old enough to say that. Um, my brother grew up to be an environmental scientist. Like these are just conversations that my family has, but it wasn't until I decided 
to be completely vegan or plant-based. And I started to do that research that I became incredibly passion, passionate about earth care um, and what the Bible had to say about it and um, what my role in God's creation was. Um, that was in 2017, 2018, um, when we, oh, when we made that, that choice. I think it was 2017. Um, that through that research, it just really blew my mind of how much um, the Earth's resources are used, uh, mm-hmm. even in one hamburger. Like it's just, it's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> thank you for sharing. <laughs> this is why I usually abandon this this part. It's the transitions <laughs> that I'm usually pretty good at. Like, oh, the okay, transitions have been flawless. Yeah, I don't see been I don't been great. <laughs> Seamless for sure. <laughs> um, because I feel like we kind of. So we kind of talked about this earlier when we were like, so with that first question about what does the Bible say about environment and creation care, like you had already kind of brought up, there's like these different theological viewpoints Mm -hmm. that will impact somebody, um, both on like how they read the scripture and then how they apply that to like the environment or creation care. So like, um, so in light of that, we've already kind of touched on it, but like there, I feel like there are like, I'll see stuff where people are like against talking about creation care or like, you know, they don't even want to bring it up. Um, but like, are there some nuances to take into consideration, like economic factors or other things? Uh, so like for me, I think about like sometimes I feel like it's a privilege to be able to con- be concerned about yeah. like how my my product purchases yeah. impact the environment. Yeah. yeah. So like, are there other things like that that you guys would want to that come to mind in this discussion? Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. I think it is. This is an incredibly privileged conversation, uh, and I think mm-hmm. kind of acknowledging that, but then understanding that because we have that privilege, I think we have to use it appropriately. Um, Because we have the privilege to have this conversation, because we have the privilege to change the way that we spend our money, because we have money to spend. Like, I think that Mm -hmm. requires us to have these kind of conversations. And so there's certainly, there are certainly some nuances, I think, to it, uh, especially perhaps those who may not feel like they have the economic privilege um, to change the way that they shop. Um, think of those whose primarily primary source of food is food pantry and SNAP benefits. Uh, you, you know, you're oftentimes locked into what's available, uh, and those have not been. Um, environmentally conscious choices on behalf of food pantries and um, it's Mm -hmm. easier to to buy less expensive but maybe not as good for you items on snap and so yeah there's there's certainly nuances that we need to consider as far as like 
pushback as to why people don't want to have a conversation about creation care or get really upset when we say that maybe it would be a good idea to to do things differently. Uh, I think we've always have to figure out what what the heck is at the heart of that. What's going on that people are so upset that they don't want to talk about, hey, maybe perhaps there is some substance to this idea that if we don't change the way that we're living, that there's not going to be a world for our kids, or at least a world that's worth living in. Why we're, why we're so upset at that conversation, or even just the idea that people in the church believe that climate change is a thing. Why does that seem like such a threat to your personhood or to your theology? Um, so there's, I think there's always a, a huge measure of grace that we have to walk into this conversation to. I think back to like when we were at Regen or you were at Regen, I, I didn't get to go. Um, and our, our, our biggest concern as we were preparing for that is like, how do we, how do we approach this in such a way that those who are adamant that this is like liberal Christian talk and actually has no merit, how do we provide for them a place where they can have that conversation, but also an understanding that this is actually really biblical um, and isn't just some tinfoil liberal Christian stuff, but it's, it's necessary for us to live out a biblical faith. So yeah, I don't know that that answered your question, but at least gets us close. I was going to say that's definitely one of the nuances that I have observed is that it, people think it's a very political, like that all only liberals or left-minded uh, individuals or left-sided individuals are those that care for the earth and God's creation. And I just like ask myself why, like, why does it need to be? Why can't it just be God's people caring for his creation? Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how to address that, but I think just acknowledging that that is a perspective that many people have. Mm -hmm. I think so. Kiri has been kind of leading this conversation because I don't feel like I have a lot. I don't know to like contribute to it, to be completely honest. I feel like I was a better, um, I don't know, protector and maintainer of the environment before I became an officer. And then it became like <laughs> serious. Then it became about like convenience and like what, how do I survive? Like, yeah. how do yeah. I do ministry in a way that doesn't, make me completely lose my mind. And sometimes that's buy all of the styrofoam cups and just keep doing it so that people have their coffee in there. You know what I mean? Like it, the, the thing for me, not, it's not that like, dude, I care about the cre I, I care about creation, but it, it's so hard to step back and to be like, how, how can I do this better? Right. Because it's, it, it means that I have to like put a pause in like all of the things that are happening and say, okay, how do I, what do I do? You know, do I, where do I focus on being a better steward? Um, what does that look like for my personal life? What does that look like for ministry? Um, and sometimes I guess like it, it's been a blessing to kind of just sit here and hear, 
you know, your passion. And I think about like Linda and Louisa Costa, who um, have also been like in a season of one of the things that kind of sticks out to me is just like they're trying to reduce their waste. So mm-hmm. they're buying things in ways that don't have additional packaging. And, you know, that for me, knowing that they they were passionate about that, like I had to think about how I did yeah. Christmas presents for them, which then also made it, it was like a domino effect. Like I care about my friends and I care about the things that they care about. And so how can I like honor and bless them with gifts that like are in line with what they believe and think, you know, yeah. and not that it, it differs like. I care about those things too, but like, that's the season that they're in. So I guess I just bring that up because I think maybe for a lot of people, it's like kind of what Brenna was saying, like, where do I even start? And like, how do I start when I'm just so flooded with all of the things that I feel like I should be passionate about and want to be passionate about? Um, so I think it, it's been good for me to just kind of even think as you've been talking, you know, our, our programs are kind of changing and Gary, what does it look like to, you know, maybe our, we're doing a, um, a homemade dinner on Tuesday nights, like a healthy homemade dinner. You know, what does it look like for me to be a good steward of creation in that, Mm -hmm. you know, at that moment, you know, every week. So on my end, like, thank you for caring and for, for sharing and giving us, really something to think about. Um, Like we need to care, like we all need to care in some way. And that looks, that looks different. Um, But I hope that those of us who have been listening have just been like, okay, like what does this mean for me? And how, like, how can I start, you know? Um, Yeah. yeah, Just my thoughts. I, I think you bring up a really valuable point too, that needs, needs to be mentioned is that I, I, would, I would more often than not say that those who are not actively engaging right now, whether as officers or soldiers or not connected to the Salvation Army in any capacity, um, who are not engaged in creation care, aren't doing it because they hate creation and want to see it crash and burn. Right. I think for most of us, especially in the Salvation Army context, are simply trying to survive. Uh, we've got no money uh, and way too much to do with no money. And so sometimes it's just easier for us to do it quickly and do what we need to do to survive. And perhaps this conversation and perhaps having something to allow us to pause and go, what is, what is the impact of my survival mentality happening on those around me and perhaps this gives people a chance to step back and and dream of how they can do things differently like we we feel for that so much even outside of the conversation of creation care there are just so many people not even just officers but connected to and not connected to the salvation army who simply live in a state of survival Mm -hmm. Um, and all you can do when you're in that state is survive you're not making, you're not dreaming, you're not doing any sort of conscious effort to change what you need to. You're simply trying to survive. And we can't fault anyone for that. We can't fault anyone for trying to survive. Uh, 
But hopefully, our hope, my hope, I can't speak for you, my hope is that uh, this conversation, thinking through creation care, figuring out what am I passionate about and what I'm not passionate about gives us an opportunity to pause and to dream of what would it look like if I wasn't simply just surviving uh, every day, but truly trying to make a, a, a different way of measurable way, a thriving way of impacting. Yeah. So I think your perspective is probably closer to reality than ours. Uh, and so I think it's really helpful. And so I appreciate, appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I just want to apologize. Our dog is making the weirdest noises tonight. I think he oh, I can't even hear. Yeah, you're so neglected. <laughs> hey Jack, what's I did up? Th- I did think I heard a sound, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't no. sound like a dog. And they're like weird grunts. So if you don't know any better, it's like, wow, they're farting all throughout this. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of like dog owners on this podcast. I feel like yeah, the presenter. <laughs> we probably we probably need it. Oh. <laughs> For those of us <laughs> who are just listening and can't see, yeah. the Jack popped on the screen here. Try that to get a picture. The problem is that he hears all of these voices, but he can't find the people. Yes, he's like, he's oh, like, are you trying to get a picture? Yeah, yeah. Bring him back. Bring him back. Yay! And like, I love how dogs look when they're by like a screen because, like <laughs> Annie, I'll be like trying to like show her something, and she's like looking away, looking away. Yeah. She doesn't. <laughs> Trying to look at. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you guys. Well, cool. Yeah. Thanks guys so much. I think yeah. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah. It was good. Like it's it's a good conversation. I hope that it like that we can continue this and you know, those of us who are listening, you know, just talk with your spouse or your friend or someone at home or in your ministry situations and um, maybe just like ask the question, where can we make one step? You know, yeah. like what's one step, you know, cause if we're all making one step, it's a lot of steps, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm grateful that you guys came on and shared your passion. And um, I think it'll be really good, you know, for all of us to hear and start to process if we haven't really, you know, thought about, it much before. So I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful you're in the Salvation Army. I'm grateful that, yeah. um, just grateful for your passion. So it's not often that we get to talk a lot about creation care or mm-hmm. why we're so crazy. And so <laughs> thanks for, for that platform. And if people want to chat with us more, they can always get a hold of us. We have a website, uh, it's Really? Um, yeah. And we posted some things about creation care on there. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, people can always chat with us more, or argue with us. I'm pretty argumentative. <laughs> that is very true. Um, they can argue with vinyl. I don't argue very well. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely put up that website um, and just like more about uh, Brennan Vinyl and how to, you know, get a hold of them if you want to have some conversations about this. Um, they're good people to talk to. So we'll put that up as the episode comes out. 
So thank you for being willing to continue that conversation. Yeah. Okay, Kiri, you have anything to say before we uh, shut it down? <laughs> I don't know. That's the only thing I gave to mind. I don't hey, know. So, Vinyl and Brenna, did you guys listen to the last episode that went out? No. Rude. Oh, okay. Because... Cause somebody, no, somebody wrote to Amanda and was like, thank you for the Valentine's kisses. Right. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that what it was? Yeah. I don't even remember <laughs> what that was. <laughs> I had like, we had a lot of, thank you everybody who reached out about our last episode. It was just me and Kiri and we just talked like about real life and it did get pretty vulnerable. Um, specifically on Kiri's end, which is, you know, usually you hear me like crying or like, this is my life. And Kiri's a little more reserved. Uh, but we both were pretty open and honest in that, that conversation. And we had a lot of feedback. Thank you for that. Um, we'll definitely do it again. But yeah, like Kiri said, somebody said, thank you for the Valentine's kisses. And I was like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Amanda, I think we pretend, I think we like the like smooching no, sounds. That doesn't sound like something I did. I'm pretty sure <laughs> at least I did then. It must have been just me. <laughs> it was Kiri. Now I'm going to listen to that episode again and be like, oh, okay, this I'm going to have to go back and listen I've got to a, that one. I've got a road trip ahead of me, so I might, I might yeah. have to uh, listen to it. Listen and see if we gave virtual kisses through the podcast. It sounds, yeah. again, it's like something I would not do. Virtually like, assaulted your listeners. I think we were. I think we were both like on something. Oh, I was not. Uh, I mean, okay, like you know, a little, a little extra Holy Spirit. I'm just saying, Amanda's, Amanda's pretty close to some dispensaries there in Gary. So, oh yeah, I could get stuff. No I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But okay. Not hey, Zane, come, come out. <laughs> <laughs> but I will not get it. Yeah. Anyway, thanks everybody for taking the time yeah. to listen, and uh, we'll see you again. Uh, we won't see you again. We probably will see you again, but more <laughs> likely you will hear us again. That's really what we're talking about. <laughs> Who are you talking to right now? I'm just goodbye. Kidding. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Peace out. Okay. All right. So, bye. Wait, are we all leaving? Are we actually saying goodbye right now? Or are we just saying goodbye to the listeners? Standing in the dark.